0: you're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women, killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Right, get out of here. Hello, everybody. Today, I am chatting with Ruth Robellino, who is the founder of a company called Aid, an Australian company, of course, because we love Australian made. Ruth, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I, I joke a lot about it's really good speaking to people that are either a hairdresser or in the hair industry because we're the best chatters in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can talk a person's okay. ear off, which is um, definitely something I'm known for. I can talk to a brick wall as well, really well. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely something us hairdressers
0: do um, do have a, a knack for, that's for sure. Absolutely. It is a gift. Where are the kids that got on the report card, you know, if only she didn't talk so much in class? <laughs> Absolutely. On every report card of my life. <laughs> So Ruth you have it's fairly recently um but I know that the journey isn't recent. Yeah. It's probably only just recently coming into fruition but you've started a company called Aid which is very exciting. Exciting for me because I have been a hairdresser for 20 years so I fully I get how in demand this product is going to be and is can you just share with my listeners a little bit about you and your story and a little bit about your journey to um starting aid sure um I've been a
1: hairdresser for 20 years. I started um, at school when my parents thought that it maybe was just going to be a little bit of a fad and that I'd go to uni instead.
0: My um, the <laughs>
1: <laughs> And I worked after school and Saturdays and all my school holidays and then when I finished my HSC two weeks later, I started my apprenticeship and um, I worked in a great salon uh, which, you know, really taught me. A lot. Um, it was extremely busy. They had 22 staff and I had to learn on my feet and think quick. And it was a really sort of, I think, great learning curve for me. And when I was about 24, um, I got an opportunity to open my own salon. Um, and I had that for 10 years, which I absolutely loved. And toward the end, I became a mother. And Um, I stopped working Saturdays for the first time in my life.
0: Oh my God, those Saturdays.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which was a real pleasure because I hadn't done that probably for about 15 years. I I think I'd worked Saturdays. Um, And I started to sort of look at concerns that my clients were having and um, found myself hitting a little bit of a, I guess, a no-go zone. I couldn't find anything that... That really could help them and assist them and it all came down to hair health and not just you know masks and treatments that can treat people's hair but sort of more inside stuff Um, people's hair was falling out after giving birth or um, after they stopped breastfeeding menopausal women people's hair was shedding um, and there was really nothing that I could offer them so it just sort of pushed me I guess into a Whole research and development phase of where can I find a product that I can help them with all these issues and what's currently on the market and I found that there was really nothing out there so um, I looked into what it would take to create a product of my own something that I felt was going to be um, of great quality and that I could trust recommending And that was kind of how the journey started into the new business. And it was exciting because I've done the same thing all my life, essentially. And I am a creative at heart, um, but I'm full of ideas and I love business. So for me, this was just a really nice um, new challenge for myself, I guess, which I think a lot of people think I'm absolutely crazy, becoming a new mother and wanting to challenge myself on top of having already great flourishing amazing business but that's who I am <laughs> I kind
0: like, of little... yeah Go sorry cut you me. off there but no. yeah I was gonna say I just felt like when you yeah. and I spoke the other day like it was like we were living parallel lives like you know we had so much of the it. same story being a mom having the kids um starting our businesses at about the same age I was 25 you're 24 totally Mm. could relate to everything you were saying people saying that you're nuts (laughs) (laughs) nuts. but as well and then the hair loss story it is so true Mm. Um, and it's constant women lose their hair for so many different reasons that we as hairdressers diagnose based on no medical experience whatsoever just our you know, years of hands-on experience, I've seen clients that have um, quit drinking coffee and their hair has fallen out or they've Mm -hmm. had a lap band surgery and their hair has fallen out. So, I have a lot of theories behind it, but It's so true that there is such a gap in the market because it is like, oh, I don't, people ask every day, you know, what can I do for this? And it's like, I don't, I don't really know. There are a couple of products, shampoos, but they're hit and miss and, you know, you have these sketchy answers. Mm. But what I love about um, and was so excited to speak to you is because I think when you start a business. You know, say you want to start a cafe. Mm. Everybody loves cafes. Everybody needs to eat. Yes. You know, it's just finding the right formula to have that cafe be successful. Or if you, if you start a hair salon, well, you know, you know that people love getting their hair done. You just have to get the right formula. But when you go out and you create a product that doesn't exist and mm. hasn't been done before, not really. Mm. You know, it's a whole it's a, a different level I think of starting a business it really is a whole different ball game with so much extra it's a pressure and it's a lot scarier
1: yeah I think I you know what was really interesting to me was um, I became you know more into I guess looking within when I started to want to have children I'd been on the pill for many 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 years and I just kind of wanted to get my body back into a natural balance as such um, and that was kind of when I started to learn about different ingredients, different nutrients, um, how our soil isn't as rich as it used to be so we're not necessarily getting the nutrients that we need from the foods that we eat all the time. Um, what I found really interesting about this space is that all the, be- the beauty industry was booming with marine and bovine collagen and ingestible formulas that you could drink, but we hadn't tapped into it. And everything that we did have was a silica, as a standalone ingredient or a biotin as a standalone supplement or a standard hair skin and nails with one or two or maximum three ingredients nothing that was you know a lot of the time people don't know what the cause of you know their hair shedding or losing hair is they don't know whether it's hormonal or stress related or lap band surgery or you know their diet it it can be so many different things so if you're only replacing or replenishing one nutrient how is that going to give you a result that's what blew me away um, so you know there were things on the market but nothing that had I guess was a bespoke formulation most things are done off the shelf especially here where you go into a manufacturer and you say I want a product for my muscles and they say well great <laughs> you can do this and put your label on top this was really a bespoke formulation and it was a journey creating it and what I found really great about it was that we can offer it to so many more people with majority or all of them if not all of them seeing incredible results from taking it so you know um, I I think it's just interesting that as as hairdressers we couldn't offer that when your customer comes into you they're not going to go to a chemist and say My hair's falling out. What do I do? They're going to tell the hairdresser. And half the time we don't know what to answer with. So It's so true.
0: Yeah. And the second um, the WA uh, distributor came in, Pete, Mm -hmm. who I love, Mm -hmm. um,
1: (laughs) and he said,
0: you know, we've got this new product. I was like, yep, send it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We need it, we need it, we need it, we need it. Like it's a no-brainer. We have been dying for something like this to come along because Mm. I thought maybe it's just because I'm getting older and my clients are getting older you know like I just it's it seems to be a more common problem the thinning hair I know for me Mm. I think I must have shed a whole shitload of hair during COVID because I'm like what is all this short new growth coming back through I must have been stressed (laughs) yes and I think everybody was and that
1: was really interesting for us because we actually launched around. Well, probably a week, a week before we went into lockdown here in New South Wales.
0: Great timing. But it was, you know, <laughs> great
1: timing and all this work, you know, that went into it and we were really a little bit kind of, oh, my God, you know, like everybody was, what's going to happen yeah. with the world? Um, and it's stressful. It was stressful to get used to, I don't know, I know for you, you did the same, like homeschooling your children and running a business and being at home all the time and not being able to see anybody and um, it's natural to have, you know, a stressful time, and one of the great things, you know, that made us sort of look more within our product, and we ended up speaking a lot with our um, formulation team about is, you know, we have so many cool ingredients in our product that are great for immunity, zinc, vitamin C, and quite high levels of it. Um, we have ginkgo, which is fantastic for stress relief, and the zinc also aids you in sleep, which we all know is great for when you're stressed. If you don't sleep well, it gets worse. So, you know. I think one of the biggest drivers of um, excessive shedding can be stress, and <laughs> <laughs> it's something that sometimes we don't even admit to ourselves. And it's it's Isn't also, right? you know, for women especially, and for men, you know, it's a big deal to. to lose parts of your hair or to see your hair coming huge. out of the shower. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and it adds it adds more stress to the stress that you might already have, you know.
0: Absolutely. And there is a reason that hairdressers are, are essential where are essential were essential throughout this COVID-19 because it is so important Two people you know I have clients that um have said to me I'm overweight and I feel like that my hair is the one thing I can fix right now that's going to make me yeah. immediately feel better about myself you know like people do care about how how they look, it helps them with how they feel. And I I do, I say this over and over again, but honestly, in times of a crisis or a financial crisis, because, you know, I had my business during the GFC, people, Will fire their shrink. They will fire the cleaner. They will. We are last on the list. You know we they'll are. do their own and that's neighbors. why we were essential. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I do joke around that um ScoMo just didn't want to look like a dick on the TV without getting a haircut, <laughs> and that was the reason. But jokes oh, aside, <laughs> it is it is a big a, a big a big deal. to people. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that the thing is, you know, we don't realize that also people are really apprehensive about talking about it. So, you know, one of the the beauties about being a hairdresser and one of the things that drew me to the career is, you know, I love talking to people. I don't know if my advice is always right or if people <laughs> always take it, but I, I kind of like to give it. and <laughs> um, And I feel like Over the years, I've developed, you know, some great relationships and with some of my clients who I absolutely adore. And, you know, they, I know that they trust me with opening up about things like that. And that's why what was really important to us as well was all of these things are generally sold in a pharmacy environment. And when really people need to be educated about why these products work, what they're used for, it is complementary medicine. So it's natural. And yes, anyone can take it it's not like a medicine but at the end of the day you still want somebody who's educated enough about the product to be recommending it to you because it's still something you're ingesting yes absolutely. so putting it in a salon on a salon shelf was really important to us um and to put it in the hands of people who were wanting education and to learn about what this product does and why it works was important which we really hadn't seen anyone do before um right. So that's exciting and we've got we've got some really exciting new ones that um, will come sort of, I guess, over the course of the business that we are looking at formulating, which, you know, I think is really exciting.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to see what else you come up with. And I know mm. that when we chatted on the phone the other day, you were speaking about how the quality control here in Australia, like that was quite an intense part of your process, wasn't it, like um, passing the... The testing in Australia because we do have such high standards with what yes. products do get approved. Yes.
1: So, one of the things that, you know, there were a couple of products that, that were overseas when I started looking at it as, just as um, what could I get into my salon to help my clients. So, way back when, when this all first started, that um, had come from overseas. But some of the things with, you know, FDA in America, for instance, they don't actually um, regulate complementary medicine. So, unlike a um, a tablet or a pill or an antibiotic that you might take and you need a prescription for um, or a medicine that's over the counter. A complementary medicine doesn't get um, a test. You know, they're tested obviously in labs and things like that, but the process isn't as hard. So you can pretty much put things into a tablet and sell it without very much approval. Gotcha. Um, one of the biggest reasons why we have such a big export market in this area is because of our quality control. So when we get, um, most things get tested, for instance, you know, as a whole tablet. So all the raw materials might come in from all over the world. And even if you are making it in a manufacturer in Australia, they get tested only once they're in tablet form. Ours, we get every ingredient in from wherever we get them from, a lot from Australia, some from overseas, and that's more about the capability of our small country and what we can actually grow Sometimes it's not possible to get things from here, but um, you know, every single ingredient gets tested here prior to going into a tablet form. And if it's not up to standard, we send it back and start again. So our process is a little bit slower, and from a procurement perspective, that makes my job a little bit difficult. Um, But it means that we know that every time we're delivering a quality product, and. Last year or the year before, there was a big crackdown on, you know, everyone using this Aussie-made logo or just writing Australian-owned or Australian-made and um, not actually being approved to be Australian-made. And there was a big, big thing with complementary medicine where they were actually saying that they were going to not allow any complementary medicine to oh. have them use that logo. Um, oh. So, it actually passed that, you know, now that complementary medicine can, but there are a whole list of rules that you have to abide by in order to get that symbol and right. we're really proud that we have it because um, we a lot of effort goes in to get that <laughs> and that it means a lot. That's a
0: yeah. huge, huge achievement in your process, I think. It's just like the tick of, big tick of approval and I'm, I think it's safe to say everyone is so on, more than ever now on board with Australian made an Australian quality and supporting Australian companies so you know it yeah. it has been a bit of a shit time for you to launch yeah. your business but by the same token it it actually has also been a really good time because you know the people do want to get get on board with that type of branding now I think and I'm I really hope that that is our future getting Definitely. behind companies again And I think
1: what's really great, I mean, we were obviously quite nervous at first, uh, just with the timing, and we were actually blown away with the response. I mean, people are really taking care of themselves more and realizing how important it is to, you know, exercise more and look after your skin and look after your hair. And, you know, they have time to sit and read about brands and really go into um, you know, the ingredients, the quality, um, what the brand is about. And I think that's one of the biggest things for us is honesty about our product, where our ingredients are from, um, what they do. I think that's a big selling point for us. And we were really lucky that it, I think it was actually a blessing that we launched throughout the time that we did because um, it's been so well received and we feel, you know, it's 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 been great.
0: That's awesome. That's such a massive achievement. And I just think, you know, how I, I would like to know, you know, to see something like that into fruition, like you've had the idea, because I, I said this to you the other day, you think of things all the time, like being in the salon, I think, oh, it would be so good to have a cordless hairdryer. Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh, There must be another way to these bloody foils, like, oh, it's landfill, you know. You think totally. of things all the time, but to actually walk away and go and create that product or see that idea into fruition, you know, to make it happen, that's massive. You know, that's a huge leap. So for you, I'd love to know sort of how, how long did it take you from that light bulb moment to, you know, I'm going to do this to now, here you are, you've launched.
1: Hmm. You know what? I think. um the light bulb moment. I'm I'm pretty quick at getting to things. I'm, I am a bit of a risk taker. Um, my poor husband, <laughs> I think he's come. I've come home with so many ideas, and he's just been like, "Okay, babe, if you think so." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm lucky; he's extremely supportive. But I think the hardest thing for me was, you know, I had this idea. I thought it was great. I did a little bit of a test in my salon first, where I got a very generic. Um, silica brand into the salon just to sort of see if it sold on a yep. salon shelf, if something like that would even sell. So that was my little test. It literally flew off my shelf. So I knew that the concept was there and that the kind of idea I had for it being in a salon environment would work. Yep. Um, and then, you know, but the the actual process of trying to find a great team of people I knew that most of the time things like this are formulated by naturopaths and I really wanted to have one level up from that um, where you know we use scientists and chemists as well who have a little bit more just a different way to look at it which I thought was great just to have a whole team Um, and from there we looked for a manufacturer, we knew we wanted someone in Australia. So that was also nice because we could be a part of the process. So we could actually meet with people and yeah. see the labs and see the the facilities and, and um, be a part of the process um, and ask a lot of questions, which I guess is hard when you are trying to manufacture overseas, you're kind of just trusting that what they do um, yes. is
0: what
1: they say they're doing. Yes. So, you know, that whole sort of process and also the back end of like staying up nights looking through um, you know clinical trials and studies behind ingredients and um, you know that probably took a good year Um, and then obviously we we actually ended up with three products initially and we kind of melded them all into one because we figured no one's going to take six tablets a day. And no. so our product also <laughs> helps with things like scalp issues, like psoriasis and dandruff and healthy scalp means healthy hair and healthy growth and a great sort of basis for the hair to grow from. So, you know, that was a little test and learn. Um, and then we we run stringent testing throughout the whole process. So we, we had to have a, um, we sort of did our own In-house team where we got about eighty people on board on the product, and we tracked their journey over a six-month period. Wow, that's huge! Yeah, Um, all with different hair concerns, you know, different concerns all round, which was great. And that gave us a little bit of insight into how the the product was working and what we could, you know, change if we needed to. And we we just had incredible results from that. And we actually test for the whole life cycle of the product, so the entire shelf life. Um, to make sure that, you know, every ingredient remains active, um, pure, potent throughout the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, it, every part of it is is well thought out, but there was so much that went into it initially. And I'd, I'd, I'd probably say it was, you know, a good two-year process to get to where we are. And that yeah. is the difference between, I guess, a bespoke formulation and what you will start to see with our company. Nothing is going to happen overnight and you'll never yeah. see us launch product after product after product after product because we aren't white labeled and because we do go through such a process to make sure that what we launch is a fantastic product that delivers results. We are all about results and making people feel good.
0: And so, so tell me, is your family, you're just sitting around at Christmas and everyone's just got the most amazing, long, beautiful head of hair at the <laughs> dinner <of> the
1: table? <laughs> I, they, they actually do. And I'm lucky. My, my, husband, my husband even takes it even though he was like, but my hair's fine. I'm not receding. I look great. And I'm like, no, no, no. Take no, no. I, I take the tablet. I take the tablet. They're all so supportive and I have to, you know, I think I'm very lucky. I've got two two kids who have always known me to be a working mum and they are amazing and they sing my praises all the time and they are so used to when they need to be quiet, when mummy's in a meeting, when mummy's talking, when mummy's oh, doing right. oh, and they God. just are incredible and you know I don't think I could also, my husband also runs his own company um, which you know is quite full on to have both of you doing that but he is super supportive and I don't think I could do that without. You know, do That's
0: what fun. I do without that, for sure. Yes, and especially, um, again, this is something else we spoke about because you know, j- I can totally relate to juggling the kids and being a working mom and and all that comes with that. And then as well, when you're both, you and your husband both own your businesses, that is that is mm. tricky, but it yeah. is that rewarding. You know, my husband is. A builder, and like yourself, you know, I said this to you the other day. Spent three years building this beautiful house. It was mm. um, custom built, architecturally designed, and to sit there at the stand there at the end on that day, last day when we were getting it photographed, and just standing across the street, I was like, "Wow, you built that! Like you built that! Like amazing. that must just be the most amazing." feeling and that's for you now launching your product and there you are you know you're getting people like me that's saying I'm stocking it in my shop and it's like you've yeah. put your blood sweat and tears into creating this product and then now there it is it's so rewarding and I think yeah. you really have to yeah it be a little bit insane <laughs> um, super resilient but there's there's got to be you got to have that drive don't you to to do something like that and see it make it happen—it's a certain quality in a person. I think you have to have a bit of a thick skin, and you have to be so, I guess, passionate.
1: Definitely, it's 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 an amazing thing to look back on it. Um, you know, the last few years have definitely been. You know, I have my moments. I have my moments where I get home, like oh, I'm the worst mother in the world. You know, <laughs> and then I have my moments where I come to work, and I'm like, oh my god, I've got so much to do because I've been doing X, Y, and Z with the kids. But, you know, you try to create as much balance as you can and what makes it all worth it is when you look at it all and you think, wow, it's actually it's actually happening and it's actually becoming what I have dreamed it to become, which is just the best part, you know, because there is a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears that goes into the beforehand and it's not, obviously not what most people see. Most people just see the good at the end, which is nice because that's what you want people to see, but, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice too. And so probably
0: a few fuck-ups along the way, which I love to, I love, love because I'm a sicko. I love hearing about other people's fuck-ups because, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it makes us feel better about our own, you know, if it's the reality that you're going to fuck up along the way. Um, can you share any moments that have been a bit of a fuck-up for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. When we first, you know, um, created this product – um, you know we we always saw it I saw it as a product I never really kind of looked looked at it as this brand and we were really lucky that it took off and all of a sudden I had to think oh my god it needs to be a brand you know this is and now I have all these other ideas and now I can see all these other products like floating around in my head and um, how we kind of going to get it to the next level um, we had a bit of a, a trademarking hiccup with our original name and um, realized that you know it had been taken by a much larger conglomerate and um, it kind of forced us to have to have to change. And I thought, oh, my God, no one's going to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And it has actually been the best thing because as we rebranded and, you know, we've got these beautiful custom-made bottles and we've got this incredible website and, you know, so we, we've done some great imagery and we have beautiful content and all these people that were on the journey tracking and the amazing results, it just kind of fit into kind of, you know, just have it all beautiful and new. Beautiful. So Yeah. Thank you. And with all the, you know, so so at the time I think I was a bit freaked out when I first heard it. And then I thought, you know, you, you kind of do adjust and you mold. Um you have to. That's part of I think being in business is yeah. things get thrown at you and sometimes you just have to pivot and change and okay. you but we all have those moments where we sit back and think, Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> so Um, yeah I think also when I was you know when I was younger and I I had my salon um, I had a business partner originally and I bought her out a few years in which I was super proud to do and you know I thought oh wow this is like so easy and I can do it all by myself and it'll all be mine and it took me about a year to buy her out and and I learned a lot from that Um, it was a really difficult process and something that I had to sort of step up and all of a sudden become a real adult um, and as soon as you know it all happened I think all the excitement kind of I just went oh my god I actually now have to you know organize BAS and you know all my That's tax amazing. and, and <laughs> my and superannuation and my employees and balance all the finances whereas before I just went in and did hair all day yeah. Um. and you know it became a new challenge and as scary as it was it was the best thing because it taught me so much, and I would never be where I am. So I think with every fuck up that you have, <laughs> um, it's all put in front of you for a reason, and that reason is to learn from it. And especially as hairdressers, I think we learn so much on our feet. It's part of the job, um, part of a trade, is that you learn on the floor and on the go, and I think that's very much kind of sometimes how you, why you fuck up, but you know, also teaches you in the best possible way because once you have fucked up, you're never going to do it again.
0: Well, that's exactly right. And it's, I think it's really important that like you, we were both similar age when we started our businesses and I just had that no fear. You know what I mean? Like I was like, mm, I had no money behind mm. me. I had to borrow, beg and steal. I was like, nope, I'm buying a salon. <laughs>
1: and yeah,
0: my dad was like, oh, you don't have any money. It's not a good time. And I'm like, Oh, this is happening! Like it's happening. I don't care what we have to do. It's happening, and you just just, you have that no fear, that no there was no not a not a single thing in my mind that that not a thought that it could not work out. To me, it was just going to work out, and that's something that changes. I think when you have kids and you become a grown-up, like I long for that no-fear feeling again, but that that goes away when you start taking on responsibility. But also I found, you know, having – when you get thrown in the deep end and you have to learn – the tax and the Bass and doing the books and superannuation and things like that one of the things i have learned and i think it's so important it is it, it, it is that you do learn it for yourself i now outsource all of that i don't do my own books i don't pay my staff i don't even open my mail i have someone that comes in picks up my mail opens it brings back whatever she thinks I need to see and yes. I don't do any of that she even order does my magazine subscriptions for me and but I, it's important I think to learn it first because now I understand it and I am so prepared and it's so you see so many businesses that do really well in their business and they're really popular, well-known, and then you find out they haven't paid their staff super for 10 years. like, mm. And you're like, how does this happen? You know, how do you lose everything from something like that happening? So I think mm. it's important to put in those hard yards at the beginning and learn it, then outsource it but at least then you know it, you understand it, you know what needs to be done. You can oversee that it's happening and you don't fall in those holes later because it's such a common thing we see, especially in the hair industry, I think. I've seen it happen a few big I think that it's,
1: yeah, because we are, you know, at the end of the day, we do what we do because we love it. And the business side is something different and not everybody does love it. And we all kind of in a dream world, we'd love to have our own salon, but it doesn't work for everybody because a lot of people don't think on that side. And I think one of the things is, you know, I I learned very quickly, I was really lucky and I I, I had somebody behind me and sort of organized that I would have someone help and assist me with it when I took the business over. But I just didn't realize how much extra work it was going to be, you know, that I would be working, Nights and early mornings before I started already I'm working sixty hours, seventy hours on my feet, plus I've got to add that in. I think I didn't really realize um, how much time that took up, and again, you know like as your business grows, you change and you you definitely outsource certain things, but I think i I always oversee everything, and I love the fact that I understand it. I think that's huge, yep. um, and I think it's really important because you Sometimes when you place too much trust in in other people, it can you know maybe not be the way you do it. I'm a control freak as well, so I absolutely yeah. love to see every little little thing. But um, I love that I learned it, you know, and I love that I I kind of I think it's really important to do those things so you're aware of of what it takes because it isn't just the fun stuff that everybody sees. It's no. also the hard stuff.
0: <laughs> it is the hard stuff too, and yes, it, it's. I think you just can't when it especially money and financial systems. You you just can't become complacent. So are yeah, really important. You know, it's
1: what drives your business.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. like, that's what it's all about, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, it's funny because, you know, we talk a lot about growing a business, but at the end of the day, it is about you have to make money to sustain mm-hmm. it. And to keep your staff employed, and you know that's it, it is such a huge part of it. So I know for you, um, you did need to go through the process of taking on investors for your company as well. So yes. that would have been a whole other thing you would have to learn as well. Because uh, again, like, where do you even start?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of, um, you know, I was apprehensive about about getting partners in the business because you know it hadn't really. Um, worked that well the first time and um, you know I mean it did work well but it wasn't something that I enjoyed the first time I think finding the right person and the right fit was important for me because I think what happens with a lot of big companies is they go out there looking for for money and um, it doesn't really matter who delivers that money they just need the funds and I really wanted to find partners that could add to the business something that I couldn't um, as well as as well as obviously money, but I think that it, it was great to I, I ended up through lots of people and um, asking a lot of questions without divulging too much of what I wanted to do. I found um, these incredible guys who who are very successful and very much in this space and can offer just you know advice and contacts and um, they love the concept of my business and. They were excited to be a part of it and it's been a really, so far, a really fantastic um, partnership. So I'm really excited about it. But I know that it is, look, it's, it's putting yourself out there, saying your idea. Um, I had to pitch. I'd never made a deck in my life. I know.
0: How um, horrible is pitching? It's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I can talk, but to do it with <laughs> a screen in front of me and in a professional corporate way, that's just, you know, it was a whole new new level of weird. Um, but I, you know, again, taught me how to do it. Now I do them almost all the time. And it's, it is daunting. Um because you don't know if they're going to look at you and think this girl's crazy if she thinks this thing's going to work or if they're going to take it and think it's great. So I was just, I think, very lucky and I think I do have a a great concept that they loved and um, I found some people that I actually really enjoy working with every day, which I don't think everybody does, yeah.
0: No, no, and it's good to hear, you know, because it is – It's like kind of letting someone adopt half your child. Like it's a big thing. It's your baby and the thought of, yeah, you know, essentially, yeah, they're, they're paying for it, but you're handing over a piece of something you've worked so hard for. So it's kind of like hiring staff a little bit. You know, you see so many people that they don't grow their businesses the way they should because they're terrified of hiring staff or, you know, there's a lot of horror stories around about staff and employers, employees. But there are a lot of really good stories too. And I try and always send that message that yes, you can have some, you can hear some horror stories, but there are some amazing people around that you can work with, partner with, employ, and it is worth you know, the few hiccups you get along the way to find someone that can actually elevate you and your business.
1: And to realize, which has been a super hard thing for me, that you can't do everything yourself. No. You know, I I really have had to focus on delegation um, over my whole career and learning that because I always think I can do it better. And it's not always the case. Most, you know, you know, there are, there are times where I actually can't do it better. And I do need to relinquish some of what I do because and put it in the hands of somebody who can do it better. And that happens, especially as a business grows. Um, you know, I would never dream of managing our social content. You know, it's just <laughs> not, it's not my thing. I'd be terrible at it. The girls laugh at um, the girls that are here that manage, you know, laugh at what I even half the questions I ask. There is just some things that you need to also realise when you need to take a step back and allow somebody to come in who that's their specialty because it's just going to add so much more to your business. So when you are somebody who likes to be in control, I think that that can be difficult. Absolutely. But if you can let go a little bit, it can just benefit you so much.
0: I. No one is more... Uh, a bigger advocate on outsourcing than me i am like find the people that do it well and get them to do it i definitely think that doesn't mean you relinquish control you oversee you decide you know you um always have your finger on the pulse which yeah. is another thing you know what i mean it isn't you you can't ever fully check out i don't think you know i know with my salon we've got a few different businesses my husband and i mm-hmm. and i am You know, constantly juggling, and a lot of people say. Oh you know just put a manager in there and forget about it and I'm like that's it doesn't work it doesn't work that way you know you you have to keep your finger on the pulse I don't I think that you can get to a point in your business where it gets a little bit I call it the sweet spot like it gets a little bit not those you know 80 hours a week 24 hours a day 7 days a week you you can back off a little bit but at no point in time do I think you can fully check out you always have to have your finger on the pulse but you can outsource yeah. and still be in control. Yeah, you think-
1: definitely can. You become better at being or- organized. You know, uh, even from you know my home life and making sure that like my food, you know, fruit shop order gets delivered and my Woolworths is online and you know, I'm managing my kids' activities. Like I, I found it really hard to have balance with my kids, and I really wanted to start going home and or picking them up from school and taking them to an after-school activity. I sit there and work while they do that after-school activity, but I'm there, and they yeah. can see me, and that's important. And I think you know, if you can try to create as much balance as you can, um, there is never complete balance. I have learnt. No, no. <laughs> but if we can try and create as much balance as we can, and nowhere, you know, there I, I do one really long day in a week where I'm I'm at work for fourteen hours. But that night I have a fantastic nanny who helps me out, who takes them home, who looks after them. I know they're having a
0: ball. Oh, um, yeah. My so kids it's love my nanny. <laughs> yeah. it's I <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know what but that
1: says think,
0: about me. But <laughs> uh,
1: I think it breaks it up for them too. I think it's so good for them. You know, like I know a lot of people sometimes think, you know, you know don't you feel like it's hard sometimes because you can't I think it's great for them I think they're so used to being with they can be with other people we have an incredible relationship when I'm with them I'm 100 percent present um you know I think if I was with them 24 7 I probably wouldn't be
0: present for half of it yeah correct yep so yeah I agree with you 100%. I try and teach my kids. You know, it's, it's, for a lot of us, it's not an option. We have to work. Both parents have to yeah. work. We're a single mum, you have to work. But I also think that it's okay to say, I choose to work. I love totally. my job. I love my career. And I love my kids just as much as anybody else. I'd do anything for mm. them. But I think it's okay to say, I want to work. I don't have to. I like my job and I want to do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And we all have those moments where it's overwhelming and you think, oh, my God, I've taken on too much. But I'm the same as you. I mean, I love I love coming to work. I'm excited about it and I'm certainly excited about what I'm doing now, which is a great feeling because I don't know. The other thing is I, I don't know how people do a job that they don't enjoy. You know, I think part of success comes from loving what you do as much as you, you possibly can.
0: Without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. I think that from the women I'm speaking to at the moment for this podcast, you know, like yourself, there's a common theme here. And the theme is that if you truly love what you do, you have every chance of success. If you're faking it or you're not 100% in, I think that's where the wheels fall off.
1: Yes, Totally, and that's why. When years ago, I remember when I finished school, and um, I remember somebody, one of the mothers at school, one of my, you know, a person in my year, their mum said, "Oh, so are you really going to do hair when you're done at school?" I said, "Yeah, I'm really going to do hair," and they went, "But you'll never make any money."
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because it's such a hairdresser that's stigma. True.
1: I know, and I was like, "I'm going to show you. You watch."
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I actually was. Right. I did really well at school, and I was. My parents were like, "You are going to uni. Like, no one in our family's ever gone to uni. You, you have to go." um hmm. so it was easy for me but no I chose hairdressing and I said to my dad and I didn't really choose I've got to be honest I didn't choose it for the hair I just said I want to own my own business so yes. I yes. knew that if I did this it would be a great way to build up clientele for the day that I did open my business business and I had that plan from 17 and the plan went wow. perfect. And look at us now, Ruth. Because we mm. are essential. <laughs> Absolutely, we <laughs> are essential. I can proudly say I have, and I, I, I've been a bit arrogant at times and joked that we are recession-proof, us hairdressers. You know, I went through the GFC, and people just keep getting their hair done. When COVID hit, and I thought, oh shit, we're not going to get through this one. Yeah, and I, and I, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak too soon or jinx it, but. We have been so, so fortunate. Um, I mean, we are in WA and the situation is different, but we have yes. been really fortunate. And I do believe um, for those businesses over east in Melbourne and that the clients will come flooding back in that door. Oh, they <laughs> will. They there's actually, nothing like when you've been
1: feeling crap and you've been stuck at home, there, there's just something about, and this is, even comes down to aid and, and, you know, our brand philosophies are all honesty, quality and self-love. And when you look good, when you feel healthy, when your mind is healthy um, and at peace, you feel amazing you know it's there's nothing like your hair to make you feel, a good hairdo to make you feel good, and it's so important, I think, especially now, because a lot of people you don't know what's going on with their jobs, their businesses, will they survive a second round of being in in lockdown with their businesses closed and the stresses behind it, if you can do that little bit to make them feel better or if they can go and go, I'm going to get my hair done because that's going to make me feel amazing, then we've done our job. And that's that's one thing that I love about what I do and in, and what both businesses have allowed me to give to people is I love making people feel
0: good. Yep, and I can completely relate. So, mm. Ruth, if you could give one piece of advice to someone mm. that is creating a product or launching a product or thinking about something like that, what would your piece of advice be?
1: Research, research, research. <laughs> Super important. It's boring sometimes. It is, um, can be quite monotonous and time-consuming, but it there's no way to actually um i think create a product without a lot of research behind it especially a, a bespoke product and something that you know you really want to be um great quality i think thinking about what type of brand you want to be is really important what you want to embody as a brand um and what you want to offer people i think is also you know a big thing um but you know i think that So many of us have some incredible ideas and there's a lot of competition out there. I think sometimes competition is not not meant to be scary. It means that the concept actually works, Mm -hmm. but I think finding a point of difference is really important as well. You don't want to just bring out, you know, another shampoo. It's, It's got to be something that offers something different to what everybody else is doing, which is hard because a lot of markets are quite cluttered. Um, but that's where the research comes in. I think if you can really knuckle down and look into um, the industry, whatever the industry is that the product you want to create is in and look into it as best you can and ask advice, just ask around because you'll be surprised at how many people might add something that you might not have thought, thought about without giving your idea away, um, I think is a good place to start.
0: So I would say to sum that up, definitely, and this is one of my favourite sayings, knowledge Mm. is power. Yes. And really understand your values and what makes you tick and what's important to you.
1: Yeah. You've got to also picture a product as something that you would, like I was dying to use the product. Yes. That was the best thing about it. I actually naturally have quite thick hair but I've got a really, you know, my scalp gets very dry and I'm naturally I have black hair and I like it really light so I definitely take it so probably past the point that I should and I was I couldn't wait for it to come out to take it and that's when you you, you've got to believe in what you're creating don't try to create something based off what somebody else you think someone else wants you've got to create something based off what you would truly want to use yourself I think.
0: Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Ruth. Thank you. For so much. I'm excited about your product. I know everybody's going to be excited about your product and they can check it out. It's, it's pronounced aid but it's spelt A-E-D-E. Is that right? Yes, that's right. (laughs) And if your salon isn't stocking it already, then you might want to have a word to your hairdresser (laughs) and suggest that she gets in touch with Ruth because this is an amazing product and um, I think you should be super proud, Ruth.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been so good talking to you again.
0: Thank you for um, sharing your story with my listeners.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group, Bossy Bitch.